Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is season two, episode five of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. This is the podcast where uh, Rob and I read through Harry Potter books and uh, which which he's read a number of times and it helps introduce me to the books which I've never read. This is my first time reading them. Uh, but I have seen the films, and this is sort of just our, you know, literary journey through me experiencing these books for the first time in print. So, uh, welcome to the show, and I, I guess we can get started. Let's uh, do it! When it is, so we're, we're going to just jump right into Chapter 13, The Very Secret Diary. Rob, what is your first page note? <laughs> 228. Okay, you're going to go first then. Okay! Nagging Hermione was the first one about Get Well, when she was like, she got her get well up Valentine from Lockhart. Oh, right, right, right. And Ron was nagging her about that. I was like, fuck you, Ron. That's all. It was just a just a reaction there. It's interesting that uh, JK is using Hermione in this situation uh, to be sort of like she... So often Hermione in these books and these stories is so well kept together. Like mm-hmm. she's, so, she's so together mm-hmm. and, and in control of herself or at least, you know, an overthinker. So she's, you know, planning at least... This is one of those awkward or... It's only awkward because it's such a normal situation for a girl to be in where she is kind of like swooning over a right. famous person. Um, you know, you, you have... Like, essentially, Lockhart is her, oh, it would be on the cover of her tiger beat. Sure. Or whatever magical equivalent of a tiger there is. It's weird to read her, this character that's so normally, uh, like, just so together, being sort of a, like, flustered, like heart sick you know just like girl like a, a teenage girl it's right. really weird to read her like that but it's also like humanizing it's also like realistic it is and it, it, it helps it'll underline the balance between her and Ron that exists in the book that's not in the movies right I uh I, on page 229 at least in my book which again I want to mention that we do seem to have different printings which I think have different page numbers which, which seems is, weird they to me. look identical they're, they're, they look exactly the same but for although some reason, we did find in the last book that you had an edition that wasn't in mine Oh, I, I did? The, one of the pubs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus the pub. Yeah. Um, so who knows? There could be other things like that in this. You've got the special edition. Well, we got just different editions. Neither one is more special than the other. No, you've got the Lucas version. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Did I've got the, the job one... of the hut scene yet? Oh, no. Uh, I have here that I just, on page 229, I really like this line she wrote that says, uh, Myrtle was hiding down her usual toilet. That's funny because my next line, which is 230, is I was just sitting in the U-bend thinking about death. Right, right. I love those they, lines. They're, like, they're hilarious. They're, they're hilarious, but also like for so many reasons. Like just this, I, I, again, I just really like the idea of a haunted toilet. I just love it. And a goth ghost. And a goth or, or like, Well, she's not even, she's well, so um, emo. Like she's emo, so yeah. fucking like just whiny and shitty, but it's like to that level of, of hilarious. Anyway, it's. Another character who, uh, and I, I really hate to even mention this now because I, I don't know the actress's name, but who, the actress who played Myrtle. I know she was 40-ish. Yeah. I know she was from Bridget Jones's Diary. Mm. She was one of the friends. Well, she killed it. Like, oh, she, uh, she did. That, that, it, was, she, it was just also so odd to see her. I'm like, I'm like I, 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 it took me out of the movie because I was just like, right. she's from Bridget Jones. But like so many of these characters, for me reading them, it's impossible to divorce them from the actress who played them and, and to not read them as such. And it's... Uh, you know, unfortunately, I guess in some sense, part of what will color my reading of these books. Sure. But at the same time, like, I think it gives me a little bit of an alternative advantage in the sense that I don't have a preconceived impression of what these characters look and sound like that I came up with sure. from reading the books. I got it from the films that was sort of presented. So, 
uh, I, I, so my point there is like when I watched the movies, I wasn't disappointed because it wasn't my Snape or some shit like that. You know, people people can get that way. I think the only time I have a problem with the casting versus my mental representation is Gambin. And we're not there yet, so it doesn't matter. I was thinking about this yesterday while I was uh, reading it, but I was like, <laughs> this is totally off topic, but I'm just going to say it. I was disappointed that uh, Robbie Coltrane was never in like Game of Thrones. Because I feel like he's, I don't remember the last thing I fucking saw him in. Please tell me he's not dead. I don't think he's dead. I hope he's not dead. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. I just, I was thinking about him and how great he nails the Hagrid character. And I was like, man, I really could have used that in Game of Thrones. Page 230, I have a note that sort of references something we talked about the last episode, where you mentioned that it seemed, or we talked about at least, that it seems like the ghosts' physical properties or their relationship to physics and the, the corporeal world is in flux it's like sure. it's like halfway like physical halfway not or or maybe more than half but in some way uh things in our world that we can control can affect the intangible you know bodies and in, in, in manifestations sure. of these ghosts like ernie's fan like ernie's fan right or like you know the people uh but they can still stand inside the ghost like right. you still physically move through them but they're not a hundred percent intangible anyway we have more more confirmation about that or at least description about that in this uh page where myrtle uh is is in the water or something mm -hmm. like there's something that happens where she's storms she, off to the toilet yes and, and, and water splashes exactly yeah. yeah so there's some sort of physical force that ghosts do possess or have some sort of control over and i just find that interesting because i'm i'm feeling like i'm going to be on sort of like looking out for these moments and see if they if they if she trips up at any point where she described ghosts doing something that wouldn't physically that should by uh, by the by the precedent set in these chapters and etc you're going to catch her in a lie. Yes, catch her in a lie. <laughs> Did you know that uh, Voldemort had a copy of Catcher in the Lie under his bed? Okay, so there's a couple levels there. Yeah, it's a lot. It's <laughs> a really like, esoteric like, joke. Like every time. That is a really <laughs> esoteric joke. So here on page 230, uh, we have a part where Ron is warning Harry about the uh, newfound diary. Right. And explaining that it is something that is a book that could be cursed. It could have some sort of properties that are dangerous and malicious. And he mentions that his dad has found or discovered books in his line of work that have horrible side effects when opened or read. So he mentioned specifically a book that when you read it, it burns your eyes out. It, like, how many times did they have to test that? Like, at the ministry, to be like, oh, it's, it's the book that's doing it. Or, oh, it's if you read the book that's doing it. God, that's a, that's a horrible idea. Yeah, but then, like, what happens? How do you... Okay, let's say you put the curse on that book. Sure. How do you test... That your curse worked you'd have to like i mean i'm assuming you're just invite in the muggle milkman right you're a bad person anyway. oh yeah you're a dark wizard yeah. but you're like gonna, and you're not gonna care about a fucking muggle no or yeah um or a squib <laughs> less than human less than human clean up my filth Ugh. filch Ugh. Yeah, oh can you imagine how dark it would be though if they made like a house elf read it yes that's that's, that's really dark probably exactly what happened oh god why is Harry Potter so sad? <laughs> it's a dark world. <laughs> it really is. Still, you have this situation where you're going to have some collateral damage in the testing process. Or I guess it could be like Expelliarmus where it's a kind of spell that you just do mm -hmm. and you don't have to test it because it's you just know. You know, like, oh, I curse this thing. It's going to work. Right. Yeah. I guess my, my idea that you'd have to test these spells comes from like most of these characters are students and they fuck it all up. Like, right. They, they mess up constantly their spells or things like that. 
or their potions. So it's, I guess I'm accustomed to wizards being very bad at what they do, but I guess it's probably just a byproduct of reading right. a book about children wizards and witches. Also, I, I do have to say, though, that like the idea of the book burning your eyes out, kind of how I feel about this book when I read Quidditch. I feel like I'd rather have my eyes burned out. I mean, not to jump too far ahead, but we got another near miss with Quidditch. So that I mean, we'll get there. Way but... later episodes, Rob, or, or chapters, Rob. Jeez, Jeez Louise. Trying to bring up the mood a little. Jumping ahead. I feel like I feel like the character's interest in this diary in this moment is kind of like is kind of jumped into it. Like they they kind of they push it a little hard. Like Harry's really really interested. They're all talking about this thing a lot, and it's it just seems weird that so much about what the scenario when they find the diary, like the bathroom's flooded. You know, like they're not interested in who threw the diary. Trying to figure out that they're like really focused on the diary itself as an object and that feels strange like i've i've seen weird stuff in high school that i didn't that i just dismissed and decided okay fine like like when i was in high school there was a day when somebody took a shit in the hallway right during class we got out of class like there was a lot of commotion in the hallway and then class got let out and there was like a janitor cleaning up a dump Mm -hmm. in the middle of the hallway i didn't like get into a fucking investigation to figure out who took the shit like it just happened right but it seems like weird that these kids would see this and go oh man we've got to jump into it on the other hand, even though they're twelve-year-olds, they are probably as close as anyone is to investigating what's going on, and they have a, a little bit of inside information. So everything seems to be centered around the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Harry's fixated on this thing; he's hearing shit nobody else is, so he's got extra information. I can see that he would be like, but he doesn't have any extra information about the diary. He has extra. No, like... but his. But I feel like it's possible he could be making these leaps. So I on on two thirty two, mm. I have this note here that's actually like I guess it's kind of foreshadowing, but it's 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 a strange sort of foreshadowing. Okay, where Ron mentions that yeah that the uh, the the person um, maybe killed maybe Myrtle. he murdered Myrtle. maybe he murdered Myrtle yeah maybe I mean, he that was my note Myrtle. too yeah because yeah. that's another thing she does a lot yeah where just offhand comments and let's say in the future you were to have a character that asserted she could see the future. Mm-hmm. And gave lots of little offhand prophecies. A good chunk of those end up coming true in an offhand kind of way. Yeah. And yeah, like, but that but that kind of thing is indicative of how uh, Rowling writes. Right. Where she'll be like, maybe he killed her. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Totally did. It, it is, but it's also like it, it's going to make me start to. Unfortunately, I've seen all the films, but like if I w- if I hadn't, I would definitely be looking at it like, okay, should I believe everything? Should I believe everything anyone like suggests ever? Because that would be a lot. That would never stop. And and then it's just I don't know. It feels like a dangerous game to play. It's a slippery slope. Well, I mean, there's also it's it's kind of like really. I don't have a nice word for it. It feels like kind of lazy foreshadowing. It's not really foreshadowing. It's just like it's like just like putting in a breadcrumb of. Like or an Easter egg of remember when Ron said this, and then like you get to like oh yeah remember when Ron said this it happened like he said, and it's like all right, I guess that's true, but it doesn't have any of that weight of like a uh, symbolism or a metaphoric foreshadowing. It's it's literally just someone saying hey uh, uh, this thing, and then like in those exact words, and then you're like wink oh, yeah. like thirty pages later it's like yeah that did happen, that is exactly what happened. I could see that. Anyway, that's just sort of. Uh, 239 is my next note. You have anything before that? Uh, also 239. Well, you go. Okay. Jenny, looking terrified. It's her first obvious clue. It's mm-hmm. not just subtle. She looks from the diary to oh, yes. to Malfoy or Harry. Because Malfoy's got the diary, so she's looking from the diary to Harry. Yeah. And 
that's the first there's more going on than she's just reacting to shit. I mean, she's still obviously just reacting to shit. Right. But I feel like that's uh we're in the end game now. Yeah. Or we're approaching it. Yeah, I have an, my note on 239 is that sort of, you know, to call back to last episode again, here it is acknowledged that Harry acknowledges learning Expelliarmus from Professor. That was my next note. Yeah. He says Fucker. it right there. <laughs> I was gonna, in your face. Yeah. Except, as if Snape taught it to Except him. I'll also say that in last episode you said, this is the first time I've noticed this. And it's spelled out for you. I mean... <laughs> You, I pointed it out to you, and you disagreed. A, B, I was just being kind. It's your first time through the books. I was trying. To, fine, oh, really? gloves are coming off. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no more, Mister Nice Death Reader. So my next note is actually, I think, it's one of the ones I'm most excited about. It's on two forty eight. Okay, you? mine. I'm two forty two. Go for it. Um, I just wondering, how does Riddle's memory work? The, 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 not, not, not the diary per se, but the rules of the memory. Is it like a pen sieve hmm. where it's just like that spell in book form? Or can he edit it and show what he wants shown? Can he, can he alter and make it more of a, this is my imagination, you don't know. Does It has all the properties of what we know in the pen sieve later on. Um, can interact and stuff, but could he change shit just, just to underline it? Or is he just showing selective images? Well, you also bring up a really interesting point when it comes to law enforcement mm. and, uh, dealing with like, a, a situation where a police officer has, has, uh, gotten into a, a shooting, like a police officer has discharged a weapon in, in the line of duty and, and, and unfortunately potentially killed someone or, or, or something like that. Someone has died because of their actions or whatever, however the right way to say it is. Part of what happens in the process of breaking that down and, and investigating that, because it happens every time there's, there's investigations on the, you know, the incidents, is that there's an acknowledgement that people's memories are imperfect. Okay. That uh, essentially when you're in that kind of high stress situation, uh, your brain will stop accepting information and it'll only accept specific like things and there's no real choice as to what those things are which is why law enforcement officers have to go through a lot of training to get these uh to get training on how to sort of put themselves in those situations and practice living in that high stress environment so that when they get into it in the real world when they're in one of these situations they can recall better so my point here is that we are this magic is sort of predicated on us presuming that it's a faultless system mm -hmm. that this memory is like as if a camera was observing the situation and we can observe it with that camera but who's to say that i mean this memory literally starts without tom in the room so how does he have any memory of what's happening in the room before he's there oh shit so i didn't think about that my question is how much is tom informing harry about what he wants harry to think or what he believes happened right in this situation so i've I don't, I, I don't know how the magic works, sure. but I feel like I'm bringing up enough reasons to me, to address that it's potentially flawed or at least not trustworthy. Mm -hmm. um, so, but that's sort of my point though, is that with, with law enforcement is that a lot of the times like perception is reality. So for people who, their perception of event, like 
I, I remember this person doing this action in this moment could be factually inaccurate. Like if you had a security camera or something there to observe what happened and that didn't happen, it doesn't mean that the person was lying necessarily. Sure. It just means that in this heightened situation of stress, their memory was impeded or it, was, it, it wasn't able to continue working at the level you'd expect from a situation where someone isn't stressed out, afraid for their life or whatever. Now, in the situation with Tom Riddle, he's not afraid for his life. Oh, no. Necessarily, he might be a little bit because we... We do know that he's the one causing these issues, but we have a situation where he, at this point, when the start of the memory, he doesn't have those fears yet because he doesn't think Hogwarts is going to get shut down. But then at the end of the memory, he gets very excited. The The situation, I think, is that like we, we also have to re remember that he is the... Tom Riddle is Voldemort. He is the bad guy. Mm -hmm. So he is... Which we don't know yet, but we do know. We do know. Right. It's complicated in this specific instance because the Tom Riddle memory stamp that's in the diary is before he kills Harry's parents. It's a version of Tom Riddle before he becomes Voldemort. Right. It's a youthful, like, high school version of Tom. So he's, it's a, a budding evil or, or whatever you want to call it. So he's, he might not, the, the, the Tom Riddle diary character might not be as evil or, uh, malicious or Machiavellian as the real uh, Voldemort would be, the modern Voldemort. But I think that there's reason enough to suspect that the diary might not be trustworthy in the way it presents history, mm -hmm. it prevent, presents these memories, or the way that it speaks to Harry Potter. Now, the, the reason I really bring up the part about it being a the timestamp version of, of Tom Riddle is that this diary doesn't know who Harry Potter is. It doesn't know that Harry Potter is the reason he dies or disappears or anything. I'm going to disagree with that. Really? Yes. Why? Well, we don't know that yet. Oh, because he, Jenny. Because of Jenny. Because of Jenny. Okay. Jenny well, did so, pour out all of her secrets and, but, and the diary would go, who's Harry Potter? And so, she's like, oh, let me tell you. So you're saying that the diary, the, the spell of the diary does have the capacity to develop new memories. The, the diary is... The diary is conscious. So like, okay, so this is an interesting idea in terms of what we're dealing with now in, in the real world. This idea of thought experiments about what would you, would you be willing to transfer a copy of your personality into a digital form? Like this idea of potentially trying to make yourself immortal by having a digital consciousness of yourself duplicated, replicated, and exist. I would continue to exist, but I wouldn't be me. But would that one continue to develop new memories? Yeah. And essentially become a new version of you? Yeah. I think it would, and th but yeah. really, you'd only be doing that for your family or whomever well, I, you I, die. I think it would too. My question is: Does that same logic apply to the magical diary? Is this diary essentially a equally as old or you know whatever age version of Voldemort, but but at a fork in the road in their life? I don't think so. I am. I think it is, but not the way you think it is. Okay. Because it is a slice of Voldemort mm -hmm. from it, it say. Is. The 1970s, after this diary, presents because that's probably when he made that Horcrux. Oh, so this isn't a you think this is an adult Voldemort making this? Yes, presenting this as Horcrux. his youthful self. I mean, I guess he could have done it as a youth. I imagined he did because it was during. I don't know yet, but I I, I filled in the blanks. Oh, that, no, that he, makes more sense. That when he was in high school, he learned about making. So, like, Horcruxes. are you saying are you saying the diary is the first Horcrux? Yes. Okay. It was his. That's it was the first thing he had access to that was like a valuable cherished thing that he he decided to put a slice of himself as you said into okay that um, makes sense then, then yes 
I think. We don't have any of that information yet, whether or not that's the way it worked, but that's how I filled in that blank. So then is the was the diary conscious all that time in Malfoy's basement? Okay. Well, I mean, I mean, just it could be like a, thinking its own thoughts, or it does could, it? But it could be like a uh, like a, an RPG, where like it doesn't. If you don't play it, it doesn't advance. Okay, that's so if you what, don't that's open what it and write in it. Right, it, it, it's it's just paused. Right, wherever it was. I I would, may I would like that to be the case. It would be weird if the diary was sitting there for fifty years, just sort of thinking things to itself. It would make a lot more sense, like that it was just paused and it was like when you opened it up again, it's like oh, I'm back to where I was. <laughs> You look older, but you know I'm right where I was. Right. So it's we we do we do think that eventually maybe in the next episode we'll find out that the diary knows who Harry Potter is. I'm nodding at you. Yeah, but as if to suggest that might happen. All right. It's totally gonna happen. I guess well, I'll, I'm interested to read that then when we get there. But that's all I really have on that idea. All right, you ready? So, right, do you have any more notes before two forty eight? Before two forty eight? Because I have a real good one. So we are in the next chapter, right? No, no, 2.48. Oh, okay, my mistake. Oh, no, I have it. no more notes before 2.55. Okay, so this at the end of the chapter, uh, I just wanted to point out something that I, I haven't seen yet addressed. Okay. And I don't remember if it ever gets addressed because my only reference points is in the films. I don't think it happens in the films. The official story about what happened 50 years ago when the Chamber of Secrets was opened previously is that Myrtle was killed. Right. Presumably, the person who killed her was in some way Hagrid. He is held responsible for her death. Right. So, how, but but they both live essentially, if you can consider what Myrtle does living at Hogwarts. What is their relationship like? Do they interact with each other? Have they have they spoken about it? If Hagrid is indeed innocent, why hasn't Myrtle come out and cleared him or said, you know, it uh, it wasn't a spider? Or, or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, why is that? Does that all get addressed? I, not in the depth you want it addressed. Right. I feel like the explanation given will cover it, and you'll be like, I mean, yeah, I guess. Okay. In quotes. Right. She doesn't say it's a flash of light, but it's like that. It's like, but, there was X, and I was dead. Right. And that's about all there is. But see, if I, if I was Hagrid. Sure. I would... I would be like, talk to her. She's a fucking ghost. Like, this is one of those rare instances where the victim of a murder is around to make, like, to talk about it. And so, or so at least, I mean, I understand that she doesn't remember sure. she has a flash or whatever. Well, I mean, we don't know how long it takes to come back as a ghost. He might have been cleared or cleared enough at that point. Sure, but she's been there for a while. That's at, true. At this point in the story. And we don't know how long it took for him to go from being expelled to being groundskeeper. It could have been 20 years of just being sulky at sure. home. Yeah, but we also know that Hagrid and Dumbledore have been working together at least since Harry was born. Sure. So that's I mean, that was 12 We're talking years. 50 years ago. Exactly. 50 years of opportunity for Hagrid to to make a case for himself. Sure. So that the only reason it would be important, and I think Hag it would be important to Hagrid, is because he's banned from, he's barred from using magic. Mm -hmm. So he has to use it in secret, which clearly Dumbledore knows about and is okay with, because Dumbledore knows the truth. Right. But, you know, this situation seems like if it was me and I was a magical person who was barred from using magic, and I worked literally at the place where I'm accused of murdering someone, mm -hmm. I would go crazy feeling like everyone was suspecting me of being evil, no matter how gregarious and pleasant he is. I would, I would make, it would be, I would become an obsession. Like it would become a thing where I would be like, I can't rest until like I get cleared, and and I have a person who is the, who is there who mm -hmm. could testify that it wasn't me. That raises another question for me, though. 
how does the whole banning of magic work? Because right. you can you can learn to be a wizard without going to Hogwarts. They have homeschool. They've got quick spell courses. Right. You don't have to go there. So if you're expelled, they have the power to take your wand away and say you can't do magic. How does that work? Well, I Especially think if you're from a magic family, which we know he is, or we will find out he is. That uh, Say you go to Azkaban the, for equal or worse crime than Hagrid committed. Are you banned from using magic? Say your term ends. You get out. Can you then use magic or not? I'm going to blow your mind. Okay. Hagrid is zero cool. What? Hagrid is like the character from Hackers. Oh, I know who the zero cool who is. Who isn't allowed to use computers based on his hacking of the FBI. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pour on a roof has a leak. <laughs> so I think what I'm saying is like it didn't stop zero cool. It's not going to stop Hagrid. So like I think it's the same level of enforcement. Does it make Voldemort the plague? If that makes Hound Nikon. <laughs> Hound? I'm oh, sorry, fuck. If that makes Fang Nikon. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, Game of Thrones? No, no, no. I was thinking of Fang. He's, he's, he's a... He's a boarhound. Boarhound, that's right. it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Hack the world. Hack the, hack the planet. Hack the planet, my bad. Hack the planet. <laughs> okay, so... I'm going to watch that movie again. Um, but but I, I do want to... Again, this on the same note, though. How does Myrtle not... She's so uh, stressed out and sad and pathetic the, all, her entire afterlife. But she's literally a stone's throw away from the guy who's she, who she has to know is supposed to be sure. her murderer or like a person who's responsible for it. How is she not haunting the shit out of him? Like how how is it that her character? I mean, isn't... I, the emo thrill from that alone. Exactly. Like how much she gets excited about Hermione being sad and pathetic, and like all of that like vindictiveness that sits inside that character is seems to be again weirdly absent in a situation where you put these characters together, even though we know it's not the truth. The world in this scenario believes this to be true, sure. including presumably Myrtle. Right. So it just seems weird that she's It's another not... unexplored avenue, yeah. just like Harry not asking a million questions he should be asking. It's a lot. There's a lot in these books that, at least at this point, and we're almost done with the, the like two-sevenths of it. <laughs> <laughs> so Was it 167 chapters yeah, to go? Yeah, that's what you said. Yep. Like, uh, yeah, th- so we, we have a lot to read but it does feel like these are not going to be things that are going to satisfy me. So anyway, I, I guess what I'm saying is that I, I, uh, to give JK some more credit, maybe this is all deliberate. Maybe this isn't, maybe me having these questions is supposed to be like, well, well, what if I'm not taking the next step? Is what sure. I'm saying. What if I should be taking the step of saying, well, you know, I can presume that Myrtle would do that and she's not. So that must mean something else is off. I.E. it wasn't Hagrid, but I don't think that's that's not enough in this situation no. for me to to believe that that was the actual situation. That's all I have left on or on that chapter. Okay, then let's move to chapter chapter fourteen. Cornelius, Cornelius Fudge. What exactly does the life cycle of a mandrake look like? Like the jokes that keep popping up in these last chapters seem to be that they mature very quickly sure. and eventually become sort of sex-obsessed tree men. They are down to fertilize. Right. So what is exactly is it that they were waiting for them to be able to produce that will unpetrify people? 
Like, <laughs> please tell me it's not some sort of weird root plant version of seminal fluid. Wow. Th that I will point out, the extraction of which has a dehardening effect. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, that's what petrification <laughs> is, is it makes someone rock hard. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, they, they haven't mentioned at all what okay. it is that they take from the mandrakes that helps restore these people from petrification. no. no. And, and it seems like it's predicated on them reaching sexual maturity, S specifically sexual maturity, yeah. like them getting into each other's pots oh, yeah. is what like she mentions. So like, I, I mean, I, I can't, there's nothing else. It's all I can think of now. There's nothing else. I have nowhere to go from that. I hate to say it, but they need that mandrake seed. Because <laughs> uh, they're plants. Right. <laughs> I, I got it. I know. Oh, I know you I got know it. you do. <sighs> I, I mean, I know that there's a part of me that looks for these things. Sure. But this one. <laughs> it's seems, right there. Seems, it, it's, there's no avoiding it. Okay. It's, it's. it's... I, just, I thought you were going to say it's right in your face. Nope. I wasn't going to go there. I'm saying it's a de-hardening agent that comes right after something reaches sexual maturity and that it feels like she's she's just saying she's she's dancing around it but come on like <laughs> let's move on okay i'm at 255 next i'm 252 okay so here in 252 harry's trying to pick out his uh, new classes and he says that the he's talking about like the pick the things you're good at percy's telling him find something you're good at and harry says that the only thing he's good at is quidditch that perfectly sums up everything wrong with him. <laughs> he's, he's, he's boring. Mm -hmm. He takes enjoyment in the pain of others. Sure. And often, his actions are random and unmotivated. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's like, yeah, that's, thank you, JK, for, for laying it out on a platter for me. Harry Potter is the human version of Quidditch. 255, you said? 255. Uh, I just noticed that the famous quote, when in doubt, go to the library, came from this book. Okay, that's perfect, because that's exactly what my quote. That's exactly my note here. Okay. okay. When in doubt, go to the library. The quote is printed in giant letters on the wall of the front lobby of our local library and is quoted and attributed to J.K. Rowling. Right. Rowling. J.K. Rowling. Okay, so now I've got beef with our library. Because but, because that quote isn't said by J.K. Rowling. It's said by Ron Weasley. That's how you do it in book stuff. Bullshit. <laughs> Fuck that. No, listen. Here, check it out. You never say, to be or not to be is Shakespeare. That's fucking Hamlet. No, you say Shakespeare. I, no, fuck that. You don't say, like, say hello to my little friend is Brian De Palma. Like, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't say, you wouldn't you wouldn't say, wouldn't say hold on to your butts is, like, Michael Crichton. That's Sam Jackson or Arnold is what I'm saying. Like... I've seen it a number of times in, in, in literature quotes. That's dumb, dude. Okay, well, don't take it out of the library. I will. I'll take it on whoever pushed that on the library, whoever made that happen. No, I don't, I don't like it. I, it should be attributed to the character. And then people who read it should have to look at it and go, who's that character? And then you go, well, let's go find out. Here's a book you might enjoy. And then you read the book and you find out. It just seems like... Which is funny because I always thought it was Hermione. I thought it would be too, but like, no, it's, it's Ron. 
He deserves credit. Finally came over to my side. I, I know there's a couple times in this chapter that I'm like, Ron is on it. Like Ron's better equipped or at least getting, he's doing something that's notably helpful or mm -hmm. like good. This is, this is his book to shine. Is it? This is the one where Hermione is not disabled, but taken out of. She is literally disabled. Well, sure. But I mean, she's, she's taken out of the narrative and Ron, it's Ron and Harry teaming up, uh, which is inverted in the next book. Right. Because um, Ron gets Ron, pissy at him. Right. Is that the next book? No, Ron gets his leg broken and is laid up in the hospital while Harry and Hermione go off to finish the book. Oh, which one's the one where Ron gets angry? It's four. Like Goblet it's of four. Fire? Yeah, it's Goblet of Fire. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, uh, it, it, I noticed that that... I noticed that dynamic here. I think it's actually in the next chapter. But it feels weird. It feels weird to not have Hermione around. Like, I, I have noticed her absence. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I will say that you're, you're definitely onto it that Ron gets all the helpful moving the plot along bits. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily something against Hermione. I think it's just she's just giving him his moment here. Yeah, but like, but to, to be able to give his moment to him only in the absence of Hermione feels like sad. Like it feels like, why is it that you can, why is it that only one character can be helpful at a time? Well, they both helped him in the last book. Yeah, I think we have. It's, it's more of a character study. That. So? Slow burn character study of Ron. You mean like a book? Kind of like that. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, 258. Uh, 256. Go for it. The heir of Slytherin saved us from Quidditch. Yeah, it did. Again, Slytherin saving us from Quidditch. Well, and specifically Voldemort. Specifically Voldemort, yeah. They're heroes, man. They're heroes. Oh, and in later, in Goblet of Fire, we have, he, he destroys the Quidditch World Cup, too. The the, the Death Eaters the mess up the Quidditch World Cup. That's right. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> Slytherins, and no wonder we're called Death Eaters. They're the heroes. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I have it real quick. They, they don't save us. They save us from all the horrible shit in the world, like Quidditch. Oh, this is great. 258. I have 258. Uh... Mine's about Percy. Mine's about Percy. Okay. Mine is Percy is now in the Ginny role. Uh-uh. Okay. Um, uh, it's not how I read it, but again, I might be misremembering the future. Well, you might no, you might not be understanding what I'm saying. Okay. Up until now, Ginny has been having all of the uh, reaction shots and, and, and like these are clues yes. about what's really going on, but it looks like something else. Right. Percy is stunned because Penelope Clearwater, a prefect, was attacked. That's not why Percy's stunned. That's exactly my note. And it's not that's, why he's stunned. That's what I meant by the, the Jenny role in that, like, it's a clue that we don't know it's a clue yes, yet. Yes, it's another, but it's another sex clue. It's another reference to that there are, there's fornicating happening in this world. There's a lot of it with the mandrakes and the prefects in the dungeon. It's weird. It's weird how, like, I don't believe I'm reading too much into it. Like, I feel like that, may, okay, maybe they haven't crossed that threshold, <laughs> but Penelope and Percy have a romance. Like I'm I will I would put a quarter on it. Like, I, I would say I, I, I would I would say that quarter was safe. Yeah. It's and and I agree that that's what's going on here. It's I liked it. I like that you I mean again maybe you you're saying all these things in previous episodes to help lead me to these moments that what? are happening. But like I like to think that you forgot that like he has this moment and that you experienced it again for the first time through this podcast. Um, Either way it's right. I, I don't know if I would have picked up on it without you mentioning it. Um, and then 260? Uh, go ahead. Okay. 
Who was Haggard expecting with a crossbow? Yeah, I... Aragog's not coming to his door. And if he was, he'd be like, Aragog, buddy, whatever, have some stoat sandwiches. He's not going to draw down on Dumbledore. I doubt he'd draw down on Cornelius. But who the fuck was he expecting? Lucius Malfoy? I th- he wasn't surprised when Lucius showed up? There's only three people that show up. Right. If there's a fourth person that didn't show up that he was expecting, who could it be? My guess, because I thought the same thing, is that it was either for Malfoy to be like, get out of my house. Like, you like you know, he says that, but he was... It's you, true. You know, you don't but but then Dumbledore's there. And right. He, he can't, can't. He can't just kill Malfoy. <laughs> right. Um, or it could be, he could be thinking that Voldemort is on his way back. Like, if the heir of Slytherin is opening the... If the heir of Slytherin is opening the Chamber of Secrets, then that means to Hagrid, who knows better. Hagrid would know who Tom Riddle was. Yes. And he would have had conversations with Dumbledore, because Dumbledore knows who it was. No. Right. He's like, it's, the question's not how, it's who. Or right. not who, but how. Yes. So Dumbledore would have told Hagrid, so you're, oh, you're shit. He thinks Voldemort's, oh, that's he, he thinks Voldemort's back. Yep. In some way. And so that's, I think that's... He would have had a warning from Dumbledore that Cornelius Fudge wants to come talk about this shit. He knows shit's real. Even if he didn't know that Cornelius Fudge was coming back. No, but I'm saying it's at that point where Voldemort maybe is in the castle. Right. So he's he's got to be be scared. Well, again, like there's no doubt in Hagrid's mind. Right. Or in Dumbledore's mind that Voldemort or a version of Voldemort is present on the premises again. Right. Hagrid and Dumbledore also know about the events of the last book Mm -hmm. and know that Voldemort is making a comeback. He's working a way to get back mm-hmm. into the world like they they know about, right they know about what happened with sure. with uh what's his name the uh, quirrell quirrell yeah, yeah, yeah quirrell they know exactly what happened there and i think at this point with the understanding of how probably weak he is that maybe a crossbow would be enough mm-hmm. so, or well i mean hager's gonna go for that kind of solution anyway he's not gonna well but then again he could have also been expecting any generic death eater sure sure we don't know who they are or what they are right. yet but hagrid does and, you know, Dumbledore does. So mm-hmm. I, that's that's what I think the answer to that is. That's I mean, a great answer. I, I don't think it's... I don't, now I don't even really think it's it's Lucius. I think it's... You have to ask yourself this question. Who would who would Hagrid be willing to kill? Mm-hmm. And I think there's very few answers. I think it's a short list. So the, the, the actions, I think, answer the question. Okay. Last note uh, is still in this chapter 264. That's mine. That's the last page for me. So yeah, that's my that's my note as well. What's uh, my... Mine's just Hagrid being subtle. Oh, Hagrid's version <laughs> like... of subtle. If anyone wants to find some stuff, Hagrid's a subtle. It's just, a... It's just wink. <laughs> and Cornelius Fudge, what the fuck? Yeah, is I, I I like that Hagrid's as subtle as a, a bull in a china shop. You know, like or there's a lot of bulls in china shops. Bull. <laughs> they've got plates. They've got chargers. There's some pitchers. Yeah, bulls charging. I know. Cool. My last note is essentially the same. It's it's that. Uh, I really like this last page. Mm. For me, it's the last page where you have both Dumbledore and Hagrid sort of saying weird shit. Like, just they they have two guys who are not aware of what's going on, and then two guys who one who definitely knows that Harry and Ron are in the room, and one who pro- he knows. Right. And they both. Oh, but also, didn't his eyes flick over to Harry? Yeah, he, he looks in the direction of the of the. There, cloak. There's there's reason to believe that the, he doesn't. He, Dumbledore is no, not. The thing is that Dumbledore was in possession of the cloak for probably 10 years. I'm just saying he can so, see shit that right. other people can't. I'm saying two, there are two people in the room that definitely know they're there. 
Yes, and what I'm saying is the reason is because Dumbledore has had the cloak. He's familiar with what that shimmer looks like. Gotcha. Like I don't think the cloak is actually fully invisible. Oh, really? I think it had. I think if you're a trained person who's had experience with it, you could find that cloak in a room and pick it up. Gotcha. Knowing that, knowing that you could look like nothing's in the room, but you could, being a person who's had experience with it, you could probably find it. Let's for say, for example, you're, you put your keys down in a room, mm. and then. Your powers go, power goes out. Mm -hmm. You don't have a light. You can't just find them. But you know where it is. Right. Roughly. You could feel sure. your way into the room to get it. I think it's kind of like that. Like, he just has a sense of that object and what it sort of looks like. So I think he knows. But also, like, even if it's not that cool or that, like, you know, nuanced, mm -hmm. Harry and Ron are loud as fuck when they're under cloaks. Like, they're constantly referencing, like, Harry took a jab in the side or, like, or, or... Ron said, literally says something to Harry under the cloak. It's like, Dumbledore can hear. Like, right. he's not deaf. So, and he's not, he's not stupid. He probably knows what it sounds like when someone's trying to hide right. under a fucking invisibility cloak. So yeah, I think he, he knows. But like, I just like that, I like the, the way she wrote that, that page where both Fudge and Lucius are just like, these guys are crazy. <laughs> like, they're just like, Maybe it's a good thing that he yeah, is being removed like, by the Yeah, board. this, this is making, they're just sort of randomly, uh, like, making proclamations into the room <laughs> like like anyone who's loyal to me and <laughs> uh would ask for help they'll, they'll get the help if they need it and then like fudge is just like all right <laughs> okay and then hagrid's like uh follow the spiders <laughs> and Wink. then you'll get answers <laughs> like it sounds like the worst like fortune cookie <laughs> like if you follow the spiders you'll get answers i'm not doing that fuck that Ugh. But yeah, it was just I like that fun. The fun is comedy. It's it's pretty good comedy. Sure. She wrote she wrote a good bit there, and I liked it. All right, we're on Aragog chapter fifteen. Aragog. This is it's better. Yeah, it was. Two sixty eight. Two sixty eight. What do you got? Is yours about Ernie? Yeah, it is. Okay. Is it about Ernie apologizing for accusing Harry? Is it about Ernie apologizing for accusing Harry, or trying to suck up because he's more afraid of him now that Dumbledore is gone? Um, it, my note is more about how I'm disappointed in Ernie. Oh, I think Ernie's like, oh, shit. I don't think that he, like, is... Harry Potter got rid of Dumbledore. Oh, I don't He's think... truly the heir of Slytherin. I don't think so. I gotta get... I gotta apologize. I think, because I... totally Ernie. I think that Ernie would be... His previous behavior indicates that when he thinks Harry Potter is the heir of Slytherin, he runs away from him. Right. So, and now, he can't do that. The... the you could just leave the if he, school. You couldn't leave the school. Why? Your parents aren't gonna take you home. Why? Because they're gonna be like, shut up. No, like he, the school. No, I think that he understands that he understands it's not Harry. But my problem is that he's not. He's like Harry even took out his friend Granger because she was a mudblood. That's not what he says at all. He says like he. They, they right, he's lying. He's he doesn't saying, say it out loud. That's the thing is I don't think I think it's mentioned in the in the. He he says I know you would never hurt Granger. He says that, or it's not just something that. No. Like, okay. Well, I still think he's not. I don't think he's sucking up. I think he's. I just disagree. I don't think he's sucking up. I think what he's doing is he's stuck in a situation where he's he feels guilty about having slandered Harry. But the, my problem is he didn't slander Harry. <laughs> Everything he said about Harry was right, except the part about him being the heir of Slytherin. That's it bothers me that like poor, you know, Ernie doesn't know that he's fucking he was right about everything else. Harry's treatment of the Dursleys, Harry's malicious actions towards animals and other, you know, people. It's, it's, it's sad to see a character who's so right, be be convinced that they were wrong about something so important. I'm like saying, Harry being evil. I disagree. I think Ernie is the next Wormtail. 
Oh, you're giving him way too much credit. He doesn't even show up in any of the other books, does he? Probably does. I feel well, like he's he, he Harry's not into it. He's not. He doesn't need that kind of fawning supplication like Voldemort does. Yeah. But Ernie would be. He'd be like, oh. I'll be your, I'll be your little Wormtail. See, I'll be your Pettigrew. Wouldn't Colin be a better Wormtail then? Nah, Colin's just excited. Wormtail's not. No. All right. Wormtail is fawning. Colin's just like a. It's a, it's a, it's an audio medium. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, no, two seventy I mean, is next for me. Two seventy. Oh, uh, Hermione's empty seat. It was a nice touch. Oh, it was nice. That's, that's it was, nice. It was, it was just like, oh, that's when Ron's like, fuck it, spiders. Okay. That was a nice moment. My my note is much less nice. Okay. <laughs> my note is that Harry, Harry says, I've quote, quoted it here. It says, quote, instead, he contented himself with scrawling on a note to Ron. Let's do it tonight. <laughs> End quote. Wow. Yeah. It's a bit forward, Mr. Potter. <laughs> Don't pass those kind of notes in class. Once I said, like I said, there's lots of lots of stuff going on in Hogwarts. You got the Mandrakes, you got the Prefects, you got Harry and Ron. It's slash fiction. It's all over. Also, I guess there's nothing that does it for Harry other than like everyone around him being in imminent mortal danger. Like that really, really petrifies him, if you know what I mean. Gets him ready to put his basilisk in someone's chamber of secrets. Oh, no, no, no. Really, flood the girl's bathroom, if you know what I mean. No. <laughs> I'm drawing the line on that one. I have to be the voice of reason, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm just saying there's things in the book that are describing situations that work really well as entendres. That's all I'm saying. I, it's in the book, man. I didn't. I didn't write this. She did. Okay. <laughs> My last notes. Literally, this was a fun chapter with a lot of double entendres. <laughs> like, also, it, it's sort of weird that like, it feels like these books. The last two books feel like they get actually genuinely exciting about two thirds of the way through, mm -hmm. or like the last quarter. That's so. Oh, because it's the climax of the book. Is that where we're going with this? No, I was just gonna say it's disappointing. We have to do so much, uh, you know, reading before we. Get you don't like excited. a slow build. You don't like the foreplay. I don't like the uh, before play, if you will. I, I, I will. I, I accept. Okay. I. I, I before would, play, yes. Yeah. The before play is a little bit boring. It's just tedious and routine. It's especially at this point, and it's going to only become more routine. Uh, you know, it starts to get predictable, and then by the time you're, you know, you, you get sort of the seven book itch, you have to sort of like figure out that you're going to disrupt the whole system and, right. and just take, freshen things up. Right, and then you know your mistakes result in a cursed child, and it's just one of those things where. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's just all there, man. <laughs> It is now. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> that's all I have. Final man. thoughts. My final. Oh, I mean, again, the the how this, this podcast works. Talking about routine and monotonous. What happens in these chapters is, you know, we get um, Hermione gets petrified. We we find the diary. We uh, in terms of progressing the plot and how this the, summarizing what happens besides just our notes. Uh, Hagrid gets taken to Azkaban. We don't even really know what Azkaban is. We don't know how horrible it is. Like, imagine how horrible that 
what what Hagrid ha- is going to be put through, mm-hmm. we under we know is insane. Right. Like dementors, especially for being barely a suspect. Barely, yeah. It it seems so. Well, again, someone did die, so he is a presumed murderer in some way. Um, again, I'm not exactly sure how they. But he was he was okay. By that logic, he's then allowed to go back to that school and work around children when a child died before. In no other system would that be remotely feasible. I'm surprised he's there now with the things that, with Dumbledore vouching for him. Yeah, I mean, look what happened to Freddy Krueger. Like, you know, you have another situation where a person commits a crime in a a school with children and then... Like, it's the exact opposite. Okay. They, okay. They I, was, burn... I, I, I thought you were going for a poor Freddy Krueger. No, no, no. These people burn <laughs> Freddy Krueger alive. Right. But then these other people, are not, they're, not, they're not bound by the same rules, obviously. But uh, like, yeah. you, you have one crime against children and another one. Right. And one results in burning the person to death. And the yeah, other one's right. like, you can just take care of the lawn. You get a pension. <laughs> yeah. You, you, wanna, you can have a dog, too. Yeah. Like, we'll give you a you, house. You know your, how your favorite thing is to play with monsters? You can drink at work. You get that as a job. Yeah. It, it seems... Again, just the rules of the laws of the wizarding world seem weird and arbitrary. Do you think Hagrid was homeless for a bit? Well, he has his brother. So well, what's no, his, his with... brother is not upwardly mobile. No, but he has. My point is, he doesn't. It's not like he doesn't have family. So I'm saying he no. He, he has. I. I. He. He. He's never met his brother at this point. He hasn't. No. Okay. I thought he had. I thought his brother was just a thing he had always had. Well, I mean, in, in, by the nature of brothers, sure. I meant possessed, like he was in no. control of. Okay. No, he lived with his dad. Oh. Who died. And his dad's a giant? No. So his mother's a giant. That's, that's going to be a whole different God slew of it. questions okay. in book five. All right. We're not there yet. I, I was thinking about it this episode, mm. or this, this reading, mm. and I was thinking about how it, like human giant breeding must be kind of like dog breeding when you have a tiny dog breed with a large dog where the female has to be the well, large one. Let's get to this because, later, because okay. I feel like we'll have a whole episode dedicated to this because it is not touched on nearly enough. Um, it's surprising because so many sexual things in this book are touched on over Oh, and Jesus, guy, won't stop. <laughs> um, but I do know his dad died while he was at school, I believe. And then he was accused and kicked out of school. What happened in the interim? I feel like Hagrid led a pretty sad life before Dumbledore gave him the opportunity to come. But live he in had a hut. to be somewhere to get an owl, right? No, no, no. Yes, yeah, no. His dad died while he was at school. Oh, okay. Oh. So up until then, it was fine. And then he became groundskeeper. What happened in between? We don't know. Oh, okay. I feel like it was a it was a rough time for Hagrid. Oh, okay. Well, I mean. What year was he when he got expelled? Fifty years ago, ninety-two, forty-two. I don't know what. No, I meant what year of school? Like, is he? Oh, third. Third year. Yeah. So next book, he would have been as old as Harry is. Next book, so he'd be thirteen. Yes. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. I don't know, man. That's a good question. There's, there's. Yeah, I I wish I I could. I didn't mean in this podcast. No, no, I wish I had like an answer because like you're right now. I'm very curious about like. Poor Hagrid. I mean, I, you know, I love Hagrid. Hagrid's a great character, but I, I feel like I'm disappointed now that I don't know about that because he does have a really, like, a tragic existence. Mm-hmm. More so than so many of the other characters. Mm-hmm. Um, more so than Harry. Way more so than Harry. Because at least Hagrid's an innocent. Right. At least Harry has a place to go at night. Yeah. At least Harry can live with the Dursleys. Hagrid probably had to live with Aragog. He would have been fine with that. Yeah, but it's still kind of gross. Sure. Like, Anyway, um, well, so we have 
uh, we didn't talk about Aragog. Um, the oh, right. Yeah, uh, this is the name of the fucking chapter, and we didn't even mention the character. Um, so the uh, hacker gets taken away to Azkaban, which again, it must be horrible. We have a situation where the a lot of the other characters are uh, suspicious of of Harry, or, or less so now. We find Aragog. The, the boys, you know, search out. The, they follow the spiders, and they the find car comes a, back. A normal spider. This, the car comes back. This is kind of weak, like because the car. It's it's again. It does. If it comes back in later books, I'll be impressed. But in this book, it feels like. It's I mean, just, there's a lot of things in the forest. They can't have. They can't list everything all time. It just seems like again, like I mentioned in earlier episodes, a conveniently extremely magical item that is introduced and then obliterated in the narrative. Just seems kind of weird. It'd be, you liked it like, last time it was obliterated in the narrative. I liked how it was obliterated, like that. It, but then it came back. Oh, like, I see. It's yeah to bring it back and then to not have it be okay. So why isn't that fucking car essentially treated like a Deathly Hallow? Like it should constantly be coming back and be involved in because it's it's really cool and it's really powerful. Mm-hmm. But they're not using it like the invisibility cloak. That's true. How powerful is Mister Weasley? If the car gains a semblance of sentience, it's almost a horcrux. Did he have to kill somebody to get that car to fly? Is is the sorting hat a horcrux? Oh, damn. Is imbuing something with your personality part of what makes... Well, okay, maybe not because none of those other horcruxes have, like, Voldemort's personality. Right, right. That's just operating on the, my magic has my personality. Right. I really, like just the, I like the idea of Mr. Weasley killing somebody to make his car fly. Oh, I forgot that's part of it. Um, yeah, so the hat's probably not. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> yeah, but do you have to kill a human? Like, again, because there's, there's oh, a lot yeah. of questions here. You're like, well, no, no. Everything you... else is lesser. That's so racist. Like, and I don't mean, like, you're racist. I mean, like, she writes that shit in here. Like, you know, Daniel Freeman comments on our on our post from the last episode saying that we have an issue where the, the house elf thing is because they're, they're considered lesser. Right. They're considered sub- like human and they, they, I mean, I guess in a way they are, but like, you know, but the way it's described makes it sound like that they are like, there's a, there's a lot of magical bigotry out there. And the way it's presented in these books is not a hundred percent negative. You know, obviously hating muggles and mudbloods is bad. That's right. supposed to be bad. The way they treat house elves is not great. Um, I agree with you. However, that is addressed in way more of the fourth book. Than you are even going to be prepared for because that was entirely cut out from the movie. Yeah, there is a house elf. I I hesitate to say subplot because it's so big. Okay, well then don't let's not get into it now. Okay. Uh, we'll wait till the fourth book. I mean, it's unfortunate. What's the next book? Next book is Prisoner of Azkaban. So Ooh, we have great. to wait till book four before we get to the house elf stuff. Cool, Prisoner of Azkaban. You know, it's I'm it's a good. To read that. Yeah, yeah. I still feel like there's there's a lot of this sort of like there's a yeah there's a tone of magical bigotry in at least up through book two. That is not like no character so far is coming out and saying, guys, this is total bullshit. Like, like, I mean, they are sort of with the mud blood thing, but there's like it still persists. Mm -hmm. And it's and Harry isn't like haunted by it. There's no character sitting around being like, like even like Hermione. I mean, essentially, she's done being called a mud blood. Like it hasn't happened since maybe episode two. Right. Like it, it was early on. And now and now it's just like not even mentioned. Well, Draco said didn't didn't. Draco said... He did say something about, like, you know... That Mudblood Granger and Ron was like... Well, he also mentioned something when some when uh, Justin got petrified. He no, but I meant in this last chapter, right before Ron looks at Hermione's empty seat, because they have to hold him back, because Draco says something oh. about Hermione. I forget what he said. What's he saying? Uh, hold on. We'll find out. 
It wasn't, was it Eric? It was the chapter before that. Okay, I got it. I'm quite surprised the mudbloods haven't all packed their bags by now, Malfoy went on. Bet you five gallons the next one dies. Pity it wasn't Granger. Ooh, that is mean. Yeah. The bell rang at that moment, which was lucky as Malfoy's last words... At Malfoy's last words, Ron had leapt off his stool and in the scramble to collect bags and books, his attempt to reach Malfoy went unnoticed. Anyways, last thoughts on anything on, well, last, I mean, on Aragog who we still haven't got Yeah, to. we haven't really been talking about Aragog. I mean, I, I like giant spiders, but it does feel... Ar- <laughs> Aragog feels a little uh, she-lobby to me. Yes. Which may be a direct reference. Like, the, the reference is, again, like, people just handing Hagrid giant monsters. Like, both uh, Fluffy and... Uh, Aragog, Aragog were given to him by men. It just mm-hmm. says given to me, given to Hagrid by a man. Right. Least, this one didn't even say where. Like at least with Fluffy, it was a Greek chap. Like this one is just like a dude gave him a giant as an egg, name. right? As an egg, right? But knowing full well what the fuck it would be. Why is this stranger giving a twelve or thirteen year old an egg? Where the fuck is he that he's hanging out with these people who are? Well, remember he's a giant, half giant. So he's like he's probably he looks bigger than he. Than he, he is I aged. believe he looked like a like a little boy that was just huge. Possibly, but he's still big. Like there's some baby faced giants out there. Like it, it could easily. I just mean, be maybe. That situation. Still, where where is he hanging out? That he's. I mean, just... you know what? Did you say that? Every time I read, I got this thing from this person. Both those instances, I always imagine at like a seaport. Like, for some reason, I imagine him <laughs> hanging out around docks. You know what? He could do that in the summer and make a lot of muggle money. Or galleons. I'm sure there's some sort of, like, like ports where that are wizard only. Yeah, but why would they need manual labor? They would just wand their shit. Why does anyone do anything manually there? I mean, there's barkeepers. There's, like, lots of stuff. Why do they have librarians? Like, why, they, why do they have people with the goblins? Why do the goblins have jobs? Why do the house elves have jobs? Um, oh, my God. Why do they have jobs? Right. What the fuck? None of this holds up. <laughs> this podcast is over again. How many times have we ended this now? A couple times. Okay. <laughs> so, we're just like, fucking spider. There's a spider. There's a clan of intelligent talking spiders in the Forbidden Forest. Right. So something is preventing us from talking about this. It's just tangents is what it's I think it's a spell. No. <laughs> Part of me wonders if these mass, these faceless men are sort of a phone way for her to reference other authors or other Oh, or, interesting. or other other things. Like she's sure, saying, sure, sure, sure. like she's essentially by giving them a nameless man that hands this to Hagrid, she's sort of saying like I'm taking this as a gift from from another person I respect. Herodotus has passed me this torch. Yes. Tolkien has passed me this torch. Right. Okay. Right. I mean, I'm, I I would be uh, thrilled if at some point we learned that the kraken in the lake was also gifted to her. Sure. You know, or to him in some way. Um, I, I don't think there's any other... If I'm looking back in my recollection of the films, there's no other magical creatures that Hagrid gets as like a pet. I don't, I don't think. I know that we get introduced to dragons specifically. I know we get introduced sure, to Sure, and he's involved. Yeah. I don't know if they say where he got the hippogriffs. Are they even his? Or are they the part of the schools? Like, right. Aragog and Fluffy are both Hagrid's. Right, 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 right. Like his, right. if you will, property. Sure. Um, sure. But uh, what are the what are the invisible Thestrals? Thestrals. Uh, they're not his either, right? They're no. He they're takes care of, of them, but right. but yeah, like he would anything at the school. Right. Uh, I can't think of any other giant creatures though, except maybe Buckbeak is specifically his because he does have to execute him, right? I know some I feel it's more of a 
However, he got that herd because there's more than one. In okay, the book. there's more than one. Um, he then is taking care of Buckbeak because Buckbeak's in trouble. Right. And he's, okay. He's he's minding him okay, while everyone decides shit. So it's not that he's a unique. And of course, he's going to form that bond because right. he's the one taking him to trial and stuff. Right. But he's not. It isn't a singular hippogriff that right. is in the Hogwarts right. grounds. There's more than one. Okay. Right. Yeah, I mean, unless you can come up with another monster, I, I think those are the only two I can think of that's specific. Fluffy? No, it's we were yeah, covered that. Yeah, Fluffy yeah. and, and, and uh, Aragog. No. But anyway, I think that maybe that's what that is. I like to think that that's what it is. I'd like to think that she's nice. she's basically giving this faceless, nameless, shrouded, you know, silhouette of a man that gives Hagrid this gift of a giant spider is just her nice way of saying, thank you, Tolkien. Because um, they're, I mean... I, I said Herodotus. I, I feel like Homer would be more apt. I just had to say that. Go ahead. Did Homer Homer go to Tartarus or Tartarus? Tartarus, yeah. Um. Well, first of all, Cerebus guarded the underworld, not necessarily just Tartarus. But that's the gates of the underworld. Sure, but Homer wrote more mythic shit than Herodotus with his histories. Right, but did. Did, did is that mentioned in the Iliad or the Odyssey? I mean, those are the only two things Homer wrote. Probably, right? probably isn't the same. I mean, like the. I mean, if Achilles was the son of Thetis, then. I mean, there's other. I yeah. Mean, oh shit! Yeah, I brought it. There are other like Greek myths that are written down besides those two books, though. No, I know, but I, I don't know if Herodotus dealt in mysteries at all. That's what I'm saying. Mysteries. Uh, my, mythologies. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I was like, does Herodotus know who opens the Chamber of Secrets? Does he know who's the heir of Slytherin? The Iliad was basically Columbo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I wish I knew more about Columbo. I, I wish I knew more about Greek myths. <laughs> I was. Oh, I got one. Do you think that? Um, do you think that Columbo had to pour wax in his ears every turn, time he turned on his sirens? I'm not. I'm... Oh, you bitch! <laughs> this has been Death Readers. God damn it. That was a good one. Because the sirens of the, the... You didn't go for the glass eye and the witches? The Stygian witches? Cops have sirens on their cars. Peter Falk had a glass eye! That's not as that's not as ubiquitous as sirens for police. I mean... It's not. He drove... He didn't, it's not. He, he drove an unmarked car. He didn't have a siren. I wish I knew more about Columbo. <laughs> Shit, you did say that. <laughs> I was asking for a little bit of leeway, and then I did really well. <laughs> <laughs> we need to end this because you, neither you of us can son of a fluffy um yeah uh you know yeah i, I the giant spider is cool i i feel weird though that about the part where aragog says to all of his children oh those are humans just kill them like the first thing he says don't bother me those are kill them like we always do yeah, how and, many people have died but then he also says i've never hurt humans and it's like that's a really good point. You, he said, "He says, but I can't. I can't stop my children from eating uh, a, a meal that wanders so carelessly into our woods, or something so like that." So has he never hurt humans, but his family has, and he's okay with it, or does he have spider dementia? And or he totally, is he killing humans all the time. Or is he lying? Because he has really good memory about the Chamber of Secrets and all the other thing that happens. Yeah, it wouldn't be spider dementia. Maybe, maybe he imagines that he. I mean, I don't know. It just, it just seems like. It feels like a, I don't know how to read this character. Is he okay with murdering humans and eating them, or is he like, no, guys, no? Also, what do all those spiders eat in the woods? They just eat a bunch of centaurs or unicorns, like and when they can get them. You have to think about like the food. How big are these forests? Like the food chain to make to sustain all those spiders, they would have to be huge. Creatures I feel like it's a big forest. 
But there's so many other magical creatures that we get introduced to, like the hippogriffs and etc. Sure. These spiders, like, what are the spiders feeding on to sustain them to, at that size? Like, we're talking elephant size. The sure. elephants eat a lot. Sure. And they graze constantly sure. through through forests. So these spiders, being carnivores, are going to have to eat living things. Where are they getting it? Maybe the forest responds every night. No. It, it just it maybe just, Hagrid has a deal with Dumbledore to magically multiply spider feed. I, I again, we're working really we hard. We are. We are working. To, we're we're to doing justify, heavy lifting to yeah. justify this thing that just feels like. It's whimsy without the sake of practicality, and I won't stomach it. Take that, Harry Potter. Shit. The boy wizard. It's been called out. <laughs> Something that's on its face whimsical and silly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I get it. I'm a jerk. But, like... <laughs> we all get that. <laughs> that's what this podcast is about. Yes. <laughs> but it still feels like... I don't like know. Like Aragog's a... Why do they need to be device. so many kids? Right. Why do they need to be so many spiders? Because of the creep factor. I guess. I mean, it's, it's it's the it's the bugs from Temple of Doom. We have to do something like the snakes. It's just they're going to overrun Hogwarts eventually. Is what I'm saying. And, and if and if that happens, where do they really come from? He says they come from a faraway land. Again, maybe that's maybe that's a reference to Middle Earth. Maybe it's a reference to oh, like being okay. from somewhere that isn't on Earth, sure. presumably or whatever. Because, um, but again, like thinking if they're on Earth, that must mean there's a there's a habitat for spiders that are this big. Or I guess Aragog could be a mutant of some kind, but now sure. he has a whole species. Now he's like Galapagos. Like he has a an entire area that is populated specifically by uh, his descendants who share the mutation that made him so big. Right. That's not great for the environment or, or for the habitat in this area. It's... Hagrid's a little reckless. Like Ron, Ron has that reaction at the end of this chapter. He has that sort of like the scoff at the idea that this Hagrid would think this is a good thing to do and how dangerous that actually is. Do you think they're all Acromantula, which is the name of the spider, the, the, the breed, or do you think... All the spiders there that are his kids? That's what I'm asking. Do you think they're all his kids or or do yeah. you think that it calls other spiders to them and they just live in a big spider commune? The only thing that they mention in the text is that he has a wife or a, a, a mate and that they have babies so i would assume that it's all from his breeding like spiders yeah yeah but Pack like, spiders. it is interesting that they do smart start out extremely small yeah um also you think if you have that many kids you care if a few get squished no yeah he seems really like detached from his world like Aragog. well he's on his last eight legs, legs. last legs I was going to say that, but... Eyes see what you did there. Eight it funny. Are you done? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> I, I mean, wrap it up. I feel like, yeah, Aragog, and then I feel like they... Harry, the end of the chapter is that Harry and Ron make the realization that in the final episode of this book, we will get to the point where we learn about we get Myrtle's side of the story. Right. Because he figures out that it's Myrtle. The girl who was murdered in the bathroom never left. The bathroom. Or the school. Right. Yeah, I'm a... You know what we also didn't talk about is like how kind of cool that diary is? Like, you, think, you think the diary's cool? How so? Well, it, again, it's kind of like an RPG. Like, Harry has his own personal RPG where he can sort of like role play. He, he gets to like interact with this NPC, the, the diary, and like have an adventure with it like anytime he wants. Presumably. Sure, sure, sure. 
and then he gets these cutscenes. It's it just feels kind of cool. Like that you could jump in there and like he could he could essentially like just lose himself in in the. I'm sure the that's book. where the idea. I mean, I've thought how cool that would be to just go into the there there. There's a book series that does that. Um, yeah. That would, that would be good. Do you think he's done that other times that we haven't heard about? No, I would think we would, it was so traumatic that we would have heard about it. It's a cool device. I like it as a device. It, um, again, I, I, I kind of feel like sometimes JK does use the same devices in different ways. She just puts different skins on them. Like the Pensieve is the same shit. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a little less interactive. Like you don't get to write to it and it responds back. But in terms of just like, how do we get magical memories to like watch like cutscenes? This device but uh it's but it's, it's it's a great way of using exposition it, it kind of is like someone dialogue or like we've seen in the past someone literally just saying a thing like like harry being doing that part in, in earlier in this book where he's like oh there is hagrid's umbrella i believe there is a wand inside right. the shaft of that umbrella because hagrid was expelled you know that right. sort of thing it just feels like wow did a child write this <laughs> Sorry, that's not Super nice. Super rich child. Well, yeah, the cursed child. Um, yeah, Aww. there's. It's a, it's it's better than that. So and and I, again, there's there's it's funny to read this book, because there are sections from like this is such a drag, like this is not enjoyable. But then there's like these last chapters. There are moments where I'm like, I, these six pages are fun. Right. Like these this chunk is like, why isn't the whole book this energy? Like I really like whatever's happening here, and. And then it just disappears. Like, the, like that scene with, with, in Hagrid's cabin. That's so much fun. That was so much fun to read. Or um, I don't know if there's another one in the, these chap this chapter, but I feel like that was a really good one. Um, but they're, just, they're like so spotty. Sure. Like you'll just get some and then it'll be like. She's still new to writing. Sure. And as, as, I mean, she's not really suffering from sophomore slump. No, and I don't deserve to be that critical. Oh, no, her, but, but it's, like, it's a point. It's a fair point. It's just I, I, I'm curious to see. Uh, how it progresses. How it progresses. See, I want, what I'm wanting is I'm wanting to get to a book where, and I'm hoping the next one's it because I love the next movie. But And I'm hoping the next book is just like voracious like reading like where I'm just like, I want to keep reading this. Like I don't want to stop at the three chapters sure. of, our, of our episodes. I want to really just, I just don't want to stop. But I, I don't find myself doing that. With I mean, you book. are getting the distilled version. So it's going to be, it's like the first time I ate a, a, a non-dried fig. And I was, it was weird oh, yeah. because it was watery and felt diluted. Like a hydrated, like a fresh right, fig. Right, right, a fresh fig. Um, so, but, and certainly we're not going to have Alfonso Curon giving us his vision in the next book. No. But I did, the, the third book was where I was really like, this series is amazing. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I'm excited for that. But I do think that that brings us to the end of, of this episode of Death Readers. Do you want to plug our social medias? Sure. You can email us at deathreaders at gmail.com or we are on twitter at real death reader and if you uh, search us up on patreon uh you can find our patreon page and we can you can help us uh if you wanted to donate some funds to this podcast uh we will eventually hopefully hopefully my, my plan for this is to have a break at the end of this book so after next episode we'll take a break where we'll record some commentaries in the interim for the first two films that you guys can uh, purchase on Patreon and then uh, like you'll, you'll be able to play it while you watch the film and you can hear us talking about the, the movie because our so, opinions so insightful our opinions are insightful in and depth. valuable oh and my just, god and so worthwhile and you know if you're really if you're not paying for it, it it's another level really yeah it's it's, it's the next level it 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 
opens up the movies in a way you wouldn't even believe. It's like, you know how the room of requirement opens and is whatever you need it to sure. be? Sure. That's what our movie commentaries will be. They'll be whatever you need them to oh be. Oh, my God. But you have to pay to get them. <laughs> you won't even miss it. You won't even miss it. It'll just be like a trickle into your into your Gringotts. Uh, or out of your Gringotts. Anyway, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Enough, enough of us being dicks. It would be cool. We're going to provide them for a very small uh, price. It will be. It really will be very small. It will be a one-time thing. Just purchase it and you got it. But um, unfortunately, podcasts aren't inter- eternally free. They're not just something we can just do. So uh, if you like it and you'd like to help us continue to do this, uh, go ahead and contribute on that Patreon. And, uh, and if not, thank you for listening. And if not, thank you for listening. Yeah, and, and when this when this podcast shrivels and dies because we didn't have the funds, at least you had the stuff we did do. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. Until next time, I'm Doug. I'm Rob. Thanks for listening. What, because he left off his stool? Hey, man, you said it. <laughs> I mean, if you're just sitting there, you'd leap up too. I mean, especially if you, know, you have such loose stool. <laughs> We're talking about poop. 2.30. Yeah. The dentist page. 2.30. Yes. Mm, yeah, um, it is. Now that's well, a joke. <laughs> <laughs>